This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blitz is defined as a sub-attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> Man, I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Go right! And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it! And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. You know, it's a shame we've cut down on our time for these podcasts because we need hmm. hours, plural, to get into the muck that is Texas football right now. But we'll do our best in the time we've got. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. We are coming strong with another edition of the podcast. It is a podcast coming off of... We were, Matt and I were talking about this before we started. Like Some people watch it from afar and say, oh, that was a great game. Hmm. That was not a good football game for three and a half quarters. It was sloppy. <laughs> it was brutal. It just got really good at the very end and pretty entertaining. But Texas, nevertheless, comes out on the short end of the stick, 53-45, Texas loses, and quadruple overtime. Mm. It's only the second ever Red River showdown that's gone in to overtime. And well, we need overtime this week to break this all down. Thank <laughs> goodness there's a bye week this week because we're going to need next week's show to continue this. But nevertheless, let's get right into it. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? I covered a four-overtime loss, <laughs> and I didn't even get a corn dog afterwards because the Fletcher's oh, booth was man. closed by the time I got out of the press box. So how do you think I'm doing? Oh, I can hear the tone in yeah. your voice. Yeah, <laughs> a bit frustrating. This is going to be one of those shows. Uh, <laughs> the third member of our team, our lockdown corner here on Longhorn Blitz, he, he's been with me through uh, – we've been doing this podcast for eight years now, and we were just talking about how all of our midseason shows – we pretty much just do the same show. We just happen to re-rack it every year, it seems like. <laughs> Characters change. Uh, Probably yeah. listen to the same Texas OU show every season. Uh, except for one. Except one there's been a couple yeah. exceptions in there. But, uh, yeah, uh, same song, different verse, whatever. I don't know. Tired of analogies. Let's just get right into it. Uh, <laughs> lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice. Of the New York Giants back in 2003, spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. Whatever that team ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. He is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts. Mr. Rod Babers. Thank you for the intro as always, brother. Guys, where do you I want to start? appreciate that. We're, 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 oh. we're, let's, we'll, let's go, we'll go game and then we'll go big picture. So where do you want to start with the game? 
Because I don't even know, mm-hmm. I don't even know where you begin. Let, let, let's just start with this. I'll start with this, I and mean, then we can it can dovetail any which yeah. way you guys want to go. What do we talk about every year in this game? It's right. It hasn't changed since you were on the Forty Acres through now three head coaches. The time we've been doing the show, it never changes with this game. The team that wins the line of scrimmage battle, the more physical football team, is the one that's going to win this game. Mm-hmm. That and turnovers. And I gave the number going into it. Since 1998, going into this game, the team that won the rushing yardage battle, take out, take out the uh, the push in 2006 where both teams rushed for 124 and a Texas victory. If you win the rushing battle, you've won 20 of the last 23 meetings. You're 20-2 mm-hmm. and two when winning the rushing yardage battle. Make it 21-2 and two because, guys, Oklahoma punched Texas in the mouth along the line of scrimmage, and Texas did not respond. After you give up nine sacks last year in this game, you give up six this year. I'll be quite honest and frank. I'm not sure why come Monday Herb Hand has a job as bad as this offensive line has been this year. This is an Oklahoma team, right? They couldn't run the ball. We spent all week talking about Oklahoma can't run the ball. They can't run the ball. They're terrible running the ball. And they ran it right down Texas' throat. With simple, their simple GT counter, simple zone plays that gash Texas over and over again. TJ Pledger looked like DeMarco Murray. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like you, the second year in a row, you come into this game and you, you can say you were close, whatever. You got dominated along the line of scrimmage and lost the physicality battle. Period. Point blank. End of story. Yeah, um, Texas is getting worse, guys. It's that simple. They're getting worse on the time. And I'm not going to take back the Herb Hand comment either. This offensive line, I texted you guys during the rewatch. I'm like, Sam Cosme, Sam Cosme is the only offensive lineman, period, period, I saw in this game properly pick up a stunt, properly pick up a pass rush game. Yeah. It is Sam Cosme and four scrubs up front right now. Nobody on that offensive line outside of Sam Cosme is any good. And that's a big picture issue then. Yes. That means that talent issue. So you're saying with all the recruiting classes, they still don't have the talent? We're – we're going on 15 years where you haven't developed offensive linemen. How the hell Sometimes does that happen? It's 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 really tough to discuss the the, the micro without exactly. talking about the macro. Exactly. It's really tough to do that. So, I mean, we can sit and scream about Oklahoma all we want, but the truth is this is the same product that we saw last week, the, the week before that. And honestly, take out the bowl games, and this is pretty much Tom Herman, mm. like to a T. You know what I mean? You take out the bowl games, and this is Tom Herman two at. Yeah. So, I'm I'm really tired. I'm, I'm not gonna get get really upset because I. That's it's my fault for having ridiculous expectations for this team and for this program. Tom Herman said in 2019, after the 2018 season, we're ahead of schedule. That means he looked at the program in its current state and said, "Man, we're ahead of where we need to be. We're almost back." In a four, he believed in a, in a what Sam season. Ellinger was telling him, or they believed each other. When Sam Ellinger said that Satan said we're back, they all believed it. So my point is this: you say that Herb Hand's got to go. Well, it's not Herb Hand's fault that Herb Hand has a job. True. They fired the entire coaching staff and yet kept Herb Hand. It's not his fault that he's got a job. Blaming Herb Hand right now to me that seems ill-advised. That seems haphazard. Like what you got to see the entire field. Why is Herb Hand there? Oh, I know why he's there, Rod. So yeah. you know what I mean. So I, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna say Herb Hand's got to be fired, then I think you got to go a little step further. So the truth is, this program has gotten worse, gentlemen. It was a better program when Tom Herman first got here. I'm not saying that Charlie Strong was right and the cake is baked. 
<laughs> the cake was certainly not baked at all. The ingredients may have been there, but the cake was not baked. But the truth is, this this program is regressing. He got a chance to hire new coaches, and they're worse in some areas than they were last year. And I know the COVID. You know, he'll play the COVID card, and that's great. And there's so there'll be hardly any repercussions at all because he'll get to play the COVID card for the state of the program this season. But the truth is, you haven't even played the best teams in the Big Twelve. Dude, you've played the bottom of the Big 12. You played the basement dwellers of the Big 12. You TCU, the team that whipped you last week, just got whipped by K-State. And by the way, had to bench their quarterback, didn't they? <laughs> the guy that went had a career day on you twice had gotten benched against K-State. Yeah. And Texas Tech got drove by Iowa State. Wasn't even close. Probably the first big blowout of the, the Big 12 conference schedule so far. So, you, even if you had won that game, what would you have been celebrating? You were lucky to be in that game. They were trying to give you that game, and you didn't want it. Oh, my God. The, the football guys were giving you that game. Speaking Turn of on. benching quarterbacks, they, Lincoln Riley benched Spencer Rattler in the first them. half of that game. And you still couldn't beat him. And I could so, tell. Like, they showed on TV, like, oh, the trainer's looking up. I, I watched him for a few minutes. Spencer Rattler was sitting there with his helmet in his hand. Trainers weren't working on him. Yeah. There was nothing going on. He got benched. Yeah, he got benched. And Tom Herman ended up paying the price because he put Keontae Ingram out there to start the game. The guy who a lot of people thought probably should have been benched considering that he gave up the football on the goal line, and that's why you lost the game last week. You didn't. He paid for it. You paid for it. <laughs> is that not the, like that? Your meritocracy. I'm just saying that's supposed to be a meritocracy. You paid for it. That's legit. Yep. And then you end up benching him in this game. It's like, well, I mean, that probably should have been. You should have been training that young buck all week long. Cause like, nah, young buck gonna get some play. Cause we benching your behind. Yep, we, you got to get the message. And you know what? Spencerella got the message. Huh? It's funny how that happens. Get the message when you get benched. The coach tells you something. You realize there are consequences to your action. So. Listen, gentlemen, this was the one year you were supposed to beat Oklahoma. Yes. They had tons of uh, guys guys suspended and injuries and a young redshirt freshman quarterback. Oklahoma Sooners fans would tell you, dude, this might be the worst team we've had in two decades. This is the worst Oklahoma team. This is the worst Oklahoma team since the John Blake era. They're like, no, it's the worst team we've had. So you were supposed to beat this team. As Chris Walkwin said, you don't get credit for doing stuff you're supposed to do. You were supposed to beat this team. And yet, you found a way to lose it. Can so, I can I run it down for Oklahoma Rod? What they're missing compared to go back to like the spring and what oh, we thought this man. Oklahoma team was going to look like? Fifth string running you're, back. We you're losing. That. You're losing. Well, hold on, hold yeah, on. Trey Sermon. Your your top your top four. You're not just your top four returning rushers from last year. With Seth McGowan out, you're losing your top four running backs. Yeah. Your best prospect at wide receivers out with probably a season-ending injury in Jaden Hazelwood. You're losing your top two defensive linemen. Not just Ron, the Ronnie Perkins suspension, but remember the Jalen Redmond opt-out. Yeah. And Caleb Kelly went down in the preseason with a season-ending knee injury. Mm-hmm. That's eight. Eight. Your top four running backs and four of your other top players, period, that Stars. Oklahoma didn't have. Yeah. Plus, you're starting a redshirt freshman quarterback. Plus, I watched Oklahoma against Iowa State. They could not run the football, Rod. They were 2010 Texas bad trying to run the football. Can do it. Couldn't do it. He's <laughs> got a defense. And they look they, as competent as they looked at times in this game against Texas. Spencer Rattler's turnovers and Lincoln Riley's game management and clock management, both those elements tried really hard to let you win this game. Yep. And you couldn't do it. And 
Let's just talk. We're we're gonna spend a couple shows doing this because like yeah, we we're gonna be all over the place. We got to know it. Yeah. If you look at the trajectory of this program under Tom Herman, I go back to the Maryland game in year two, where they lose that Maryland game. So Tom Herman, through his first fourteen games, is seven and seven. And I remember writing a column on the site, and I'm trying to find that column right now and piece it together because this is kind of where I'm going this week. I said I wasn't sure at the time. But Tom Herman's, the, the number stated, if you look at Blue Bloods and their rebuilds rod, that felt much more like Brady Hoke at Michigan, Butch Jones at Tennessee, Mike Riley at Nebraska. It felt like one of those kind of deals where maybe you could see some positive things, but this isn't going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So go from that Maryland game going in through the first two Big 12 games of year two. There's a win over Oklahoma in there. There's a Sugar Bowl win in there. There's a trip to the Big 12 title game mm-hmm. in there. There's a 2-0 start to conference play in there. At one point in there, Tom Herman is 14-4. and So you're saying, okay, it looks like you're going in the right direction. The 14-4 ends at the Oklahoma game last year, and we mm-hmm. talked about We didn't get time to talk about it on this show last mm-hmm. week, but Rod, I know on your show on the Triple Option, I talked about it on like the Tower. I wrote about it on the site. Going into that Oklahoma game last year, we had Sam Cosme talking about, ah, Ronnie Perkins isn't that great, and this Oklahoma's defense is nothing special. You have B.J. Foster talking about, if Jalen Hurts is smart, he'll get down. All kinds of trash being talked. And Texas got hit in the mouth repeatedly last year in this game. And, yeah, it was a seven-point loss. It felt more like a 27-point loss. It felt like – you really got your tail kicked in regardless of what the scoreboard said. And I know we can, you can put a shine on a turd, whatever, but that game was a dud last year. And they never really recovered, Rod, since that game. They're 6-6 six and six as a program. In Big 12 play, just overall. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I will say this, um, and I said this at the time, and I said it last week too, the players were cocky and arrogant because the coaches told them that. Players don't players don't go out to the media. Sam Cosme ain't, ain't said a damn thing before that or after that. Mm-hmm. I ain't heard Sam Cosme speak half the damn time. And yet before the Texas OU game, he, here I got the quote because I was so surprised. He says about Ronnie Perkins and Neville Gallimore, one guy in the league, other guy will be in the league. I wouldn't say they're super special, but they're good players, solid mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. Nothing for me to worry about too much, though. And He's like, what? Why would you say anything? Just say not a good players. Yeah. Good players. We're gonna we, we got our hands full. Like what the you know the coaches told them that. That was that's that's Tom Herman and the coaches telling him that. When BJ Foster says about, you know, when he's talking about Jalen Hurts, he's not dumb. He's gonna have to slide or it's gonna it's not gonna be good for him. When he says it's very different, this is Texas. Texas is different. Football is more physical than Texas. The Red River Showdown is way better. We're more fit. Like, what, what are you t- really? You know what I mean? Like that. They they were they were all arrogant and cocky going to the game because the coaches were telling them that. So the coaches were pumping them head up. And you know how I know that? I know that because that game plan the coaches went into the into that game with was an arrogant game plan. Very it was a game arrogant. plan full of hubris. Uh, we're gonna do what we do. And then Oklahoma's going to have to bend to our will. No, they didn't. Oklahoma <laughs> went out there and slapped you around, punked you, because you had an arrogant game plan. You thought you'd go out there without a schematic advantage. As Tom Herman says, culture eats strategy for lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but your culture sucks. Cool. So you don't, you don't eat a damn thing. Your culture sucks and your strategy sucks. You went out there against an Oklahoma unit, defensive unit that was one of the worst that we've seen in, in college football this year. And your wide receivers couldn't get open. Who's the wide receiver coach? Andre, Andre, Andre Coleman. 
Andre Coleman, you got to teach your wife how to get out bump and run, man. The secret's out now. TCU put out the blueprint. They played bump and run on them, snug coverage on them, bump and run on the senior receiver side, snug coverage on the multiple receiver side. Oklahoma looked at that and figured, okay, we suck at coverage. We might as well go down and be physical because they can't get off the bump. Disrupt if the we rhythm. get beat, we get beat, but we're getting beat anyway. And we're Let's beating go down them there and disrupt the timing because Sam Ellinger and his receivers have a tough time getting a little bit of chemistry when there's bump and run. And by the way, they they, they did bump and they had bump and run coverage on Texas receivers all game long. And Texas receivers never got open. They could never get off of it. The few times that Texas receivers were able to get open on it, talking about on the outside, was when they would play zone coverage or they bail or something on like that. On a two-minute warning, like whenever you're yeah. going hurry up at the end when not necessarily you're able to do bump and run yeah. on every single play because you're going tempo against crazy. it. Exactly. And you're talking about those things right there. And normally, you know, first off, like – it's a bit of entitlement that's seeping into it when you talk about it on that level because watching these games, and it's a weird comparison, but about a decade ago, people started talking about it. It's like, man, Texas is just like the Cowboys, and you don't really get it or think about it, but it's all these type of things that teams that feel as if they're entitled to success before actually going out and proving it they exhibit, and those are the same type of mistakes. And when you add in the hubris you're talking about or this confidence that can be bordering on arrogance, but it then normally that doesn't align with a team that feels entitled. Normally when you have those two things, you don't, they don't necessarily coexist because you're going to go out there and be tough and these type of things, and that maybe doesn't come with the hard work ethic and things along those lines, but that doesn't align with being entitled. So it's a very odd place to be for Texas right now because you aren't very good. You're acting in time, but you really don't have anything to be arrogant about when you look at the product on the field. So yeah. that really could seep in from leadership, like you're saying. It, 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 there's no there's no can about it, Matt. It does seep in from leadership, and it starts it starts at the top. And well, and same with the, That's where the Cowboys thing comes in because Jerry Jones is at the top at all times. Right now, I mean, right now, what to what percentage do you attribute the hubris of Tom Herman to where the program is right now. I don't know what percentage you put on it, but it's a lot. And that's the reason why we can talk about whatever we want. You could throw the COVID card out there. I'm not going to give Tom Herman a pass because even in the middle of a pandemic, when we knew this season was going to be different, this was still a head coach that talked about 2020 is the year. We had this circled internally. This was the year we we're all looking at. And we've got all these starters coming back. we got a four-year starter quarterback. Mm-hmm. we got a first-round pick on the offensive line. Chris Ash is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. we got all this veteran talent on defense. And your on-field product right now has regressed to where it looks about the same as it did in year one. Yeah. You're it's getting you're, worse. You're in, <laughs> you're, in games, you're in games at the end because – Sam Ellinger has played probably three what Rod C plus B minus games in a row. Yeah, but he but when you need him, when the fit hits the shan, he can bail he you pl- out. He plays some of his best football. Yeah, he rises to the occasion. You're you're only in these games because Sam Ellinger is bailing you out. He's got he's, the clutch gene. His clutch ton- gene is is still shining through. It's he's what, not playing great though consistently. No, it's what Tony Romo did to the Cowboys for a decade to keep them competitive, but just enough to win games or stick in them. So. I guess it's we're already there. Let's just stick with keep with the big picture. No, we can get micro. I mean, I want to talk about some of the stuff. I mean, we can go offense. I mean, we were. St- I mean, it's not my point. It's not a lot to examine. Yeah. The game was so wacky and wild hmm. that you know we can go through. Oh, what what made the biggest difference? I don't know if necessarily one thing. You know, what I mean, one yeah. 
right? I don't know if there was one fact or one variable. Like, oh, this was it. They yeah. just did this more. If it was rushing, it's like, well, yeah, the rushing thing made a difference. But, hell, man, the turnover should have balanced that out. Yeah, and then the other. you back the damn football and giving you easy field position. Yeah. You yeah. were getting the red zone. You were, getting in, you were in the red zone, what, twice? Yeah. Of interceptions? Come on, man. Yeah. We get, so, I, don't, I mean, we can get into that, but that's, I mean, I don't know if we got enough time to do all that. Well, I, I think, like, you got to look at look at the fact that you were tied going into the third quarter. And the worst quarter for Tom Herman and the Texas football team this year has been the third quarter. I think they've been outscored something like 38 to 14. Been outscored 38 to 14. You've been outgained 370 to 124. Okay, so. Three third quarters in Big 12 play. So, so that's, I think that is a direct indictment of adjustments. Mm-hmm. So once you. Agreed. Analyze your game plan and the opponents your, do. And and yeah, you got a chance to analyze your game plan versus their game plan. They're how they're going the to attack to you. you. The, your counters suck. And the other coaches like, are taking advantage. Ter- of like they're terrible. Yeah. Like you are getting literally outcoached after every after every half. How does that happen? So to my point, that's about self scouting. And I I I've probably been banging a self scouting drum for two years now. He's terrible at it. He's really bad at it. He needs to hire. I and I thought he'd do this when they hired those those special assistants. You need to hire a coach just to scout you. You need basically you need counterintelligence within your program to be scouting you at all times because you don't know what you're bad at. You think you're good. You think you you thought your offensive line was going to be good this year. You're watching practice. You said Sunday was a great practice. Sunday Sunday was awesome. You should have saw Sunday. Damn it! I wish I wish we, I wish you could have mm-hmm. saw Sunday. If you saw Sunday, you didn't know why I was so confident about last Saturday. If you'd have saw Sunday, like I don't even know, I'm confused. So my point is, he needs because he, he they thought they could run the football against Oklahoma. They couldn't. They should have been able to. Oklahoma's rush defense is pretty good. The the they think their wide receivers were gonna be good this year, so they keep trying to throw 50-50 balls to Josh Moore. Mm-hmm. He ain't Colin Johnson. What are you doing? <laughs> why do you keep doing that? You know what I mean? Like they, there, there's some things that you. Why are you substitute? Why is Jed Bush on the field when you have Oklahoma backed up deep in their own territory? When he could potentially come around the corner and make a play and strip Spencer Rattler deep in their own territory? What? what? Why is Marcus knew. Washington on the field on a third down? On a third and two in a, in a, a two minute drive. In a two minute before the half. I love Marcus Washington, but. Marcus Washington and Kai Money don't need to be on the field they right there. Kai Money's out there. You don't want to give you don't want to give Marcus Washington snaps until a two minute drive in the Oklahoma game. At least let the man get in get in, get in the groove. Matt, how many snaps did Marcus Washington play in the TCU game? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero snaps. Yes, he played two slot snaps the week before, and he's played ten for the season. So against Texas that. Tech, against Texas Tech, he played how many snaps? Two in uh, two in the slot and twenty three out wide. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't get the, and the, now these rotations. I'm not saying you don't need substitutions, but the timing of them. I mean, you're talking about crucial drives God. defensively. No, we're talking about were Kai hap- Money there. Was that like the game-winning drive? Yes, stuff? Kai <laughs> Money was on the field I, I in, was the, like, in the final drive in regulation. And I like to give Kai him. Money credit though on that drive. It was, it was just, he drew he drew a defensive drew, holding he, and a DPI. He did, he did, and I love it. He did his job. He did his job. <laughs> All right, so I'm not hating though. I was just saying, it, what is the dropout between Kai Money, who's playing the slot, right? Yeah. And did they take Jordan Whittington off the field then? Maybe your best offensive <laughs> player on Saturday. They took Joseph Osai off the field with Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush is a good player. But watch the drop-off. Go watch the film. They go at Jeb Bush every time he's in the game. 
They got they go that drive they like deep in their territory. They basically see Jeb Bush and he just started running over there to that side over and over again. They start going and it's like yeah that makes sense. They took their best player off the field. I'm gonna go right there. I'm gonna go right there because he can't be as good as the best player. But Rod, do you under like go back to 2017 and what were the conversations? Y'all were saying why is Colin Johnson not in on this third down? Why are you going three straight series without little Jordan Humphrey on the field? Right. Why is Malik Jefferson off the field in this situation? I was, why do you not have your your certain corners in on in the game right now? Why is why is John Bonnie playing over so and so or whoever? I'm not picking on Bones no. Bonnie, but still, yeah. point stands. We're 44 games into this thing. And we're still having the conversa- same conversations we had in game four. Yeah, while we were watching, or yesterday when I saw Colin Johnson catch his first TD pass, I literally right. had flashbacks to the conversations years ago when we were sitting here and be like, well, I guess some coaches just believe in these deeper rotations at receiver, and it seems weird and bizarre, but it's just something I guess he's bought into. And, like, I guess if we're going to look at th- one thing that flipped this game and it was at the in the first quarter whenever you saw – well, Stearns isn't out there and Smith's not out there. The thing was is, like, well, you got Whittington and you got healthy Whittington, and he performs basically the way that Smith performs, it seems. So yeah. it didn't seem like that was that impactful. Now I agree. It, it's depth-wise it is because then when Whittington's off, Smith's on and those things, so maybe we don't go as deep. Thing is, is Stearns, you would be okay, and you had pretty good safety play, but then they start dropping like flies, and that one extra body having yep. those there late can be an issue. So, like, if there's one thing to point at, you don't want to point at the injury, but the way that those injuries affect the depth and it brings the guys from the bottom that shouldn't or most likely aren't going to get any snaps to be able to be the guy that maybe they attack or look at for 10 snaps or something, and it can just be those so, little totally areas. Agree. So those totally are agree. the two and, things that I think impacted and, it. And I and I told and listen, and, and, and that makes sense. You do need to sub guys in. I want guys to be fresh. I'm talking about the timing of the freaking substitutions Agreed. don't make any sense. Yep. You need, as a coach, to do a better job of finding out when Joe Sposide needs to be on the field and when he doesn't, okay? Because when they're backed up deep in their own territory, Joe Sposide needs to be on the field. Yep. All right? I got to tell you, because that's the turn. Money that's where you can flip. Yes, that's money time. You can flip the field. Reverse you can goal do, line. Yeah, that's reverse all types zone. of things can happen there. That's when you need to be to be out there. Like I don't. That doesn't make any sense. And I'm sorry when when you it, it's you know your your two minute drive right before the half you're trying to score. I'm sorry. You need to have your best receivers on the field. Who are they? And right now, you know that's not Marcus Washington because if it was, he'd be playing more. He'd play. And I know he's had an ankle injury or whatever, but he'd play more than two snaps against TCU. So and, and and Rod, but that's that's one of those deals. It's like if you're gonna give me the argument, well, Josh Moore and Jordan Whittington or whatever guys were tired. You're about to go into halftime. You're about to go into halftime. You're about to get <laughs> ten minutes where you can get off your feet. You're about to go into halftime. I'm just saying. I, listen, I agree. Guys need substitution. Just you need to, as a coach, do a better job of going. No, 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 not this, not this drive, Jay Bush. It seems like they're already predetermined. Yeah, when yeah. they're going to go in. Like, and they've admitted oh, that at times with the H. Yeah, it was like, like that last no. year for Jake Smith. Every no. third drive, we were like, no, don't take Duvernay off. Find yes. another way to get Jake Smith rolling? on the field. Yeah, Duvernay's hot. He's got, he's got like seven catches in a row. Yes. He's running people over. You're like, ah, I him off the field. Like, it's no, Jake no, no, Smith's no. turn. Let's just, let's just let him stay out there. He looks like, like he's in the groove. <laughs> if I'm Chris Ash and I see that I've got Oklahoma backed up in almost inside the 15-yard line coming off, my, coming off their goal line, I go to Oscar Giles and say, the next time this ball stops, get Joseph Osai on the field. Yep. Yeah, exactly. If he's going to get out, put him out, get him out the field for two plays. Why is he off the field for a whole series? 
That doesn't make sense. Like, that's crazy to me. If I was well, a player and saw Osai on the sideline, I'd just fall down like I'm hurt and get off and sell it Osai. But it's worth it. Oklahoma's first, the first long drive that they had off the sudden change. I look on the field, I'm like, why is Keandre Colbert not in the game? Like, I don't Good God, had 11 tackles at nose last week, and he's out after the first drive? Yeah. It's I'm not gonna... that there's a big drop-off between him, him and Tavondre Sweat, but if he's starting, there's got to be a reason he's starting. Yeah. Why is he out of the game that early? I, I expect these rotations make no sense. I expect these players, and I'm, I'm not obviously going to advocate for suggested, but I expect at one point someone to override the coach. It happens. Major Applewhite override had to override Greg Davis a couple of times, um, and it happened. Charles Minnie, who tells it was a great story about him overriding uh, the coaches in that Texas Tech game, yeah. where he decided nope. When Jet Bush is it's not Jet Bush, sorry, Jet Duffy, Jet Duffy got my Jets mixed up. When Jet Duffy's mm-hmm. under center. It's a quarterback sneak 100 percent of the time. So sorry, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go inside shade even further inside two two inch two side two. Like, I think he, he went like two more shades he inside. He moved Chris Nelson out of the he way. Basically, he basically said he, scoot he a, over. He was a one technique, yes. was he? Yeah. He said scoot over. They're, I know what they're doing. I'm going over the top. Yeah. And he left his spot. And I guess if he had gambled and been wrong, then he'd have to pay the price for that. But he wasn't. He was right. So I mean, I, I don't think it happens a lot, and it shouldn't happen a lot. But every now and then. I expect Joseph Side to go. No, 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 Jet, not this series. I got this one. You got, you got. I'll, I'll let you know when you get the series. And it looks like and this one it <laughs> got sixty snaps overall. It's, I'm not saying guys told me rest. Well, I mean that rest. means he was out for at least twenty, and sometimes you get tired, but it's still it's a rest. significant amount. And I'm not. I, I mean, I'm rest. just using that as an example. Like to, Cob- Coburn played well, and and not Tavon, Tavon Sweat actually Sweat played well continues too. Yeah. to play yeah, really, really he, he well. well. I mean, he it, got it, comparatively thirty-eight snaps. Sweat yeah. Sweat's production admired in just this. This honestly, at this point, guys, this is this dumpster fire that we're talking about. Like, I, I've got no complaints with Tavondres and, and Alfred Collins for that matter. Like, Alfred your your, in, your interior well. defensive line depth, Rod, maybe the best thing outside of Jordan Whittington and Joseph Osai. Your interior defensive line depth, maybe the best thing you've got going. It's for the you only now. thing that before the season started that we thought that we were right in our predictions about is That's the it? defensive line and Joseph defensive line. Joseph Osai is considered that, but yeah, think yeah. about. It. I mean, we were right about the linebackers, but I'm just, that sucks. We, to be we right we'll, about I'll the give I'll give us credit on the show. <laughs> we're right. We don't right about the linebackers. Rod, but, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you and I credit. Okay, <laughs> I don't do that for myself ever. <laughs> we were right about this wide receiver group. Yeah, you're right. We thought we were wrong about it, but you're right. It turns out they are who we thought Everybody they were. Everybody told us we were wrong after the UTEP game. Oh, yeah. look at that. They got guys balling yeah, out. They are who we thought they were. Matt could have balled out probably against UTEP. <laughs> Can't even get off no bump and run Matt. coverage. So, no, I take it. That's, that's but a that's, compliment. Yeah, no, that, that's something that they got to figure out because, like I said, teams are going to do that. They're going to replicate that all season long. They're just going to put their corners up and play bump and run against them. And that the, you know, the best set of corners they're going to face all year might be Oklahoma State. I don't even think they faced him yet. Oklahoma State's out there, and you know Iowa State's always going to have decent coverage. So they got they got some they got this this off week this bye week they got to figure out how they get out bump and run. And maybe it's going to be scheme. Maybe it's more pre snap motion, which they did this week. It was like fifty percent of their snaps, I believe, they were close to you know pre snap motion. So they they did a lot to increase that. I think also. Um, Trying to get bunch formations, man. Starburst routes. But that's this. That goes back to a Tom. This being a Tom Herman issue, Rod. When you get to the root of it, because when I watch this offense under Mike Yersich, every week I'm seeing something new, and I'm I, like, I'm I liking like some of the innovation we're seeing. Yeah, like uh, you know, uh, we're if you watch that game and watch the breakdown, like 
Chris Osgood continues to do a great job for us on Horns 24-7. While thank, thank goodness, like, this is the best thing that's coming out of the Pac-12 not playing is Chris will usually <laughs> do these breakdowns for UCLA. But mm-hmm. Chris's dad is a Texas grad, so Texas is kind of like his number two mm-hmm. team. So he's just started charting, like, plays and formations and tendencies for Texas games. Oh, that's cool. While UCLA's on a break. Nice. And he brought to my attention, like, mm-hmm. one thing that he – it's a concept that it's kind of like – Chris is one of these kind of football theorists like we are. So it's kind of one of these concepts that he likes. And he brought to my attention, like, hey, they used it. It's basically you fake the mesh, like you fake mesh action, and you're basically turning it into double whip routes. It's kind of a common yeah. concept, though. I mean, that's literally... we We haven't seen it, though, Rod. We haven't oh, seen it. Yeah, you have. You've seen it. You just, it, it's, it, it Texas has used it before. Not it's, as, it's, not as, it didn't seem as prevalent as it was in this game. They, yeah, they was because the only offensive concept that was working was the was the drag route to the mesh concept. But you've seen, I mean, literally, I, hell, I've seen that from other offenses here at Texas in the last five or six years. So they they run. I mean, it's it's pretty it, common it, in football. It is, but it, it doesn't seem as prevalent. The pivot, as it was, yeah, it's pretty as it was in this game. Um, I think it's because that's the counter to right. one thing that one concept they kept getting open from. And they, and by the way, they didn't run that enough. They should have ran it more. Right, so you you basically fake like you're – it's all the action for everybody. Yeah. Just, if you can go back and watch certain plays, you fake like you're running a mesh route, and then you basically pivot, and it turns into Joel Clatt, I think, on the broadcast, called it a jerk route. Some mm. people call it a whip route or whatever, yeah. but yeah. it's basically that action. But then you ran kind of the, the kind of little tailback, little wheel, whatever, off mm-hmm. of that. So as we go forward, we're seeing just these tweaks and changes offensively that, that, that I like. Yeah. But that – you still, Rod, you still hit these lulls where you're just asking Sam Ellinger to do things. You're turning it into a drop-back passing game once again, and it didn't work in the second half against Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. It didn't work in the second half of the TCU game. And guess what? didn't work in this game either because all it did was let Oklahoma just tee off on that offensive line, which is awful right now. Yeah. Take okay. Sam Cosme out of the equation because Sam Cosme – I looked at the PFF grades. He was, I think, your second highest graded player, period, behind Joseph Osai. He actually might have graded out a little bit better hmm. than Osai. But take Sam Cosme out. The other four guys on the offensive line are just, it, it's forgettable yeah. what we're seeing right now. They lost Kerstetter some money, too. They should have kept him at tackle because at center, hmm. he's losing money. Yeah. It's just straight up. I mean, I think he was probably closer to being an NFL prospect, being a guard slash tackle swingman. And I guess maybe he's still going back to that, but the film that he'll have this year won't help him. Matt, you talk about <laughs> points where this game turned. I can point to three offensive line penalties Yes, that turned this game. The Kerstetter penalty early in the game where he gets just a – for, for a senior captain, Rod, to commit an unnecessary roughness penalty like mm. that, it's – like to say it's inexcusable doesn't do it justice to just yeah. how insanely idiotic it was to get a penalty yeah, right there. Cool. Because you've, yeah. got four, you've got fourth and goal at the one. You know, was it fourth and goal at the one or would it have been fourth yeah. and one? What, yeah, yeah it would have been goal. fourth and one and down. And... Yeah, either way, we had one yard to go yeah. distance. And, I mean, with Sam, you know you're going to convert it, and then you end up being 16 yards to go. Yeah, that was so brutal. You had the you had the you're gonna go. You had that fourth and two where you're gonna go for it. As mm-hmm. a, it was on the two minute drive mm-hmm. after the Marcus Washington yeah. drop, you have fourth and two. You're mm-hmm. gonna go for it. Angela gets called for a false start. You've got a punt, and then in the fourth overtime, you get a holding call and you get second and goal from the freaking 19 yard line. Well, yeah, obviously now you're completely off schedule and forget whatever you had planned because now you're in complete desperation mode. That's three That's three offensive line penalties 
that we can talk about, which, by the way, through three Big 12 games, this team's had 33 penalties for, I think, 293 worth of total yardage. And I think a lot of them have come from the offensive line. I bet if you tracked it, I bet most of those have come on the offensive line. I don't want to go back and look Agreed. at those numbers. Because I want to say the right. 10 they had versus Tech, I want to say six of them or seven of them uh-huh, were on the whole line. Because you had a lot of down, a couple downfield. Yeah. The and then the TCU any, you've had a few. All <laughs> the ones that have been uh, most valuable least, to hurt Texas yep, have been offensive linemen. At least 12 have, have definitely been offensive line. Probably more than that. You're probably getting close to half if you tracked it. I might go back and track it. You got nothing to do. <laughs> It's bye week. What else are we? Yeah, gonna exactly. Do? Baylor, no? Baylor. We don't even. We don't even get to get an early look at Baylor because they're not playing this week. They're not playing this week. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, I. I think. I think you're. I think what what's happening to the offense? Because I'm with you. I like Yurcich, and I can I can point to three or four things that I really like. He's using a ton of pre snap motion shifts. You talked about the concepts, but yeah, every every week it seems like he is breaking out a new concept. We didn't see the two back formation, but I saw the two back sets last week and. So I, I think he is. I'll, gi- tr- I'll give, <laughs> I'll give him the benefit of the doubt of that because you had one back you couldn't trust and another one was. That's true. Good point. So, uh, you didn't have bodies. So you couldn't trust Keontae Ingram and Rojo yeah. like Roshan tried to go, but you could tell he it just it wasn't. It, it wasn't going to happen for him. And then what yeah. you got from Bijan was awesome. You know, considering he didn't play last week, everybody was assuming that was maybe something that was more along the lines of the repercussions of his landing, you know, on his head against Tech or whatever. But it's cool to see him come in. And, I mean, he has a burst. And if I'm there's glad any you brought price, him up. I'm glad you brought him up, Matt, because that play I talked about where you run kind of the the, fa- the double is the, the fake mesh with the double whip routes and you run. I don't know, right, if you want to call it a wheel or whatever concept where mm. you're just running the come tailback. Out of back yeah, yeah. Run him. Oh, the it's, swing? Yeah. That was running like a swing because they run it, they it runs it quick. It's it wasn't quick really hitter, a wheel, yeah. But the wheel goes deeper, It yeah. seemed like that play, because that was a third and six, third and four, I forget the, the distance go, but I know yeah. it was a third down. It seemed like that play, even though it was toward the end of the game, like that settled B. John Robinson in. Because the next play, remember, he catches the ball on the fly, he makes the defender miss, he gets yeah, he the does. first down. So it seemed like that was kind of the play that it was like, it was like, okay, he's kind of settled in. I think he's going to be fine now. Because it seemed like he had a little a little bit more juice after that play. Yeah, I got to yep. go back and look and see like what that formation was. Because what they've run, remember that Keontae Ingram play, obviously the big long catch that he has to TCU before the mm-hmm. run and then before the fumble. That concept almost works like a starburst where they end up with three three players running a route with the back offset. They'll have the tight end there, and they'll have like a, a, a slot receiver, and then they end up running almost like kind of a starburst concept, and they – and both of those receivers run in cuts, and then they bring that back almost like a quick swing mm-hmm, right yeah. out of the backfield. A quick wheel. And, I don't know, Rod, com- if you want to slide right over here and look at this, but I've got it pulled up, actually, because Chris, Chris, as much as he loves the concept, sent me the cut-up. So this is on the Bijan swing. It's kind of a doubles. You're in, a, you're in kind of a doubles look. And you're, it looks like you're running out of 12 personnel, but you've got, like, I guess, tight doubles because ball's on the right hash, but Jared Wiley and Cade Brewer are – like Cade Brewer's the number one receiver. He's like almost lined up in the middle of the field. Yeah. That's how tight you are. And the doubles on the doubles on the on the boundary side, number one receiver is like right on the number. So it's a it's a tight, like a tight doubles look, I guess you'd call it. Well, and to that point, yeah. uh well, I, I like those concepts, man. He's got good concepts. But what's killing them is that it, the offense is not balanced enough. You can't run the ball. I guess I was schooler. I guess you were an 11 person. You can't run the ball, and your wide receivers can't get open. You don't have wide receivers with elite skills 
that they can get open, right? Lil' Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, catch radius, Cirque du Soleil catches. Lil' Jordan Humphrey because I always high point the ball uh, so he could big body defenders. Devin DuVernay was a wide receiver with running back tendencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know what I mean? You had all these guys with different skills. Right now, the wide receivers, other than Whittington and Jake Smith, who basically they just keep dividing up games between who's hurt and who's not. Um, you, those other guys on the outside, Brennan Eagles gets pushed out of bounds. Which shouldn't happen to a guy that's as big as he is. Six three two thirty. He gets pushed out of bounds by def- by defenders that are my size. Uh, Josh Moore, all he has is really speed, but it's not elite speed. Like it's speed. But it's not. That, it's not Deshaun Jackson or anything on outside. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's just a big twelve receiver. Yeah, but, like he's exactly like he's just fast, but he's not going back Devin Duvernay fast. Going back you know to what, what you said earlier, though, Rod. You're asking Josh Moore to do things that, like you know, doesn't suit him well. Exactly. You you said since he got on campus, ah, we're, we don't know about his weight. We Josh Moore, Joshua Moore's 180 pounds soaking wet with two bricks in his pocket. Yeah. Why are you going to ask him to go catch a 50-50 ball and try to body somebody up? That that's on you as a coaching staff for asking a player to do something that you uh, go win a battle that you know he's probably not going to win. Yeah, so I think in this off week, figure out what your receivers do well and use them in a better way because they they're not the receivers you've had in the past, which all of them are in the NFL or at least they were. And you know those guys had elite skills to help them get open and to beat one on one coverage. I don't know if these guys really have that. Well, and I mean, it's still sort of the offense. I know I like what has been done to be added. It just seems as if everything's running still through that H position in, in on the outside if you don't have guys that are going to be able to. We, Texas doesn't have those guys to win 50-50 balls the way that you had the Colin Johnsons and stuff. So you really have to work to get these average outside receivers mm-hmm. open. So it's harder to do that. So it just makes the offense a little bit more predictable when you can sort of take away that chance at 50-50s that Sam had on the outside with Colin if he's under pressure has to get rid of the ball that's sort of a good way to go and still automate offense if you don't have anything on the play that's not even there for this team so that's sort of where you don't have those problematic issues but to the backup to Bijan since we were talking about it before and him split out wide I actually thought about him and taking over this role because Coming into the season, you had, or coming into the game, Keontae Ingram had been split out wide or in the slot at receiver 15 snaps. You had Roshan out there for six snaps on the season. Only twice, Bijan all season had been split out or gone out wide. Last game, he was out wide or in the slot eight snaps. You had Ingram at six, and it's sort of him taking over that type of role, especially because Roshan normally gets like 20 to 30 snaps in a game. He wasn't able to go, and it was just good to see not only the reason, but then when he was out there performing well, and then it's like, oh, and he's a guy that can maybe receive the ball as well or better than the guy that puts the ball on the floor. Because Ingram, Ingram's been productive at Texas his whole career. It's just he has a Melvin Gordon type issue that he just constantly can't hold on to a football. And if you had that out of your running back, it's hard to rely on your running back to be the guy, and it gives you an excuse to see what you can get out of your backup running backs. And for a guy like Bijan in that game to come in and get more snaps eight out at wide receiver than he's had all season only two and to get more there than Ingram did and almost as many as any running back has all season that's impressive because that's that type of skill where you can really devise a mismatch if you are deficient at outside wide receivers and you maybe don't have those guys you know your offense funnels through one position this can be an added way to manufacture value there Rod I just keep What's playing in my head right now is something you said a minute ago that it's kind of just the core flaw with this offense and this program right now. You can't run the football and your receivers can't get open. 
They can't. It's hard, it's hard to be consistent on offense. And then the problems we know you've got on the offensive line, it's hard to be. It's hard to have a consistent offensive product. That's why I asked Tom Herman last week going into this game, like where do you think feel things need to pick up? And I, I can't tell you how he handled the question because, yeah, I can look and see, okay, yeah, you're scoring a lot of points. Total yardage is good. But my eye test tells me that that product is not consistent. At some point, you're going to be exposed. It's weird, man. It's strange. I, I'm with you, too. I, I, I don't get it. You know, they should be able to run the ball a little bit more consistently. Maybe it's creativity in the run game. Maybe because your offensive line is not going to be able to move. You know, they're not going to reset the line of scrimmage and move, you know, defenders around. Maybe you need more creativity. They always run the damn jet sweep and they never hand it off. So I'm like, Larry, we're running can I, can the I jet sweep after they never hand off the damn jet sweep Can I tell you something else I don't like about the run game? I like it, but I don't like it. Do you realize they never run behind Sam Cosby except when it's some kind of counteraction and it's a quarterback power going to that side of the field? Hmm. And more often than not, it gains positive yards or you convert it into a first down or a touchdown. Gee, running behind your All-American left tackle, that's a good idea? That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's unbelievable. I, that's crazy. Somebody's had to go back and track that because that I'll pull it up real quick. I didn't yeah. track it during the during the during the the Oklahoma game, but all these wide zones, the right side of the offensive line. You've talked about we know we know that's the weak point of your offensive line. Again, back to the Joshua Moore issue. Why are you asking Denzel Okafor and Christian Jones to do things that you know they probably can't do very well right now? Back to my self scouting thing. <laughs> and but to you, your point, Jeff, uh, behind left tackle. That's the second most successive per rush on the season, 3.1. Yeah, just a little bit more looks like line yards there than off of right guard. But, yeah, that's the place where you'd like to if you look at the numbers. Oh, so you mean running behind your All-American left tackle is a good idea. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it looks like there's been 10 attempts behind the right guard, <sighs> and those line yards have been 3.4, a little bit better. Off left tackle is 317, left guard's 308, so that side's definitely Because stronger. inside zone is still the best base run play in this offense. Why they insist on running outside zone, I don't know. It hasn't Comparatively, worked Comparatively, off right tackle, the line yards, it looks like per carry, 1.86 compared to left tackle, 3.17. Wow. That's a, oh. that's a huge oh. difference. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, mean, it. I love how we didn't even. I mean, like we needed numbers to tell us that. Yeah, Jeff Howell said. Like, confirm Jeff, your mind. Watch the game. That's what I'm here for. I'm rewatching <laughs> the game. I'm like, the only time I see them run behind Cosme is when it's quarterback power. Yeah, and it works. And it makes it, yeah, even though it's pretty predictable when they decide to do it. Which today. here's oh. Can I can I get into the decision? We I know we don't have much time left in the show. Can I get into the decision? You get into quick, everything you want. Two? Go ahead. Normally, I think that's a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. But in that game, Rod, I would much rather take my chances on one play trying to win the game than keep a game going trying to trade scores with Lincoln Riley when I've got my defense on a 25-yard field trying to defend an offense that's got confidence. Yeah, you can make that argument. And as bad as this offensive line's been, do you know the one thing they were doing really well going into this game? And thank you, football outsiders, for finally getting your metrics put up now that you've got some data. Mm -hmm. Rod. They were the. Remember how bad we talked about last year? How bad they were in power success rate. Mm-hmm. Going into this game, they were the number one offensive line in the country in power success rate. Yeah. Convert converting your percentage of runs on third and third and down and fourth down with two or fewer yards to go, converting them into first downs or touchdowns. Yeah, I'd have taken my chances. I would have put the ball in my best player's hands, run behind my All American left tackle, and if you stop me at that point, you stop me. Because guess what? 
until Sam Ellinger bailed you out from two touchdowns down in the fourth quarter, you didn't deserve to be there anyway. It's true. Yeah, no, it's, you can make that argument. I think the counter is you can't trust this team. So you can say that, but then what What have they done this year? Yeah, that number, that metric is out there, but you just said you watched this team and you don't necessarily believe that they're, that, that those, those, those points necessarily translate to wins because they don't. And it hasn't been consistent, the 50-something points they're scoring a the game or whatever. You know what I mean? Your eyes tell you that something's off. Your eyes tell you something's off with Sam. Yeah. Your eyes tell you something's off with Sam. Yeah. Everybody watching Sam can tell you something's off with Sam. I don't mm-hmm. know. He's still got the grit. He's still got the clutch gene and all that. Something's off with Sam. All right? So I agree with you. You can, I mean, in, in hindsight, it's twenty twenty, but there's nothing that you could justify saying, no, we do, we, we are this. This is our identity, so we're going to go out there and we're going to pound the rock. Yes, that could be the case this year, but last year you sucked at that. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, you were the best in the country at it. So what, who are you then? So my point is, in those moments, I need to know you need to know who you are. You know, I'm gonna go for two against Oklahoma, and I'm gonna go win the game. I gotta know who I am. Because yep. if I go know who I am, then I know where we're going. We're going behind our left tackle is going to be a first-round pick with the quarterback who was Bam Bam Sam and one of the best in the country. Because we know who we are. They don't have no idea who the hell they are. They have no identity. You gotta and trust. that moment, that's why, he can't, that's why he can't coach like a coach who is trying to win the game. He coaches scared because he doesn't know who he is as a coach. They don't know who they are as a team. And that's where and those two are direct. Those two are directly linked. Exactly. And that trust factor is huge. And just to finish off those numbers, because I want to read off all the correct ones. So you go yards per attempt, left tackle to right tackle, 4.3 to 3.0. Then more touchdowns, 2 to 1. More first downs, 4 to 3. More 10 yard carries. And your longest carry off of right tackle on the season is 7 yards. Your longest. Uh, off tackle to left tackle, 26. And but it couldn't run the seven ball. Seven yards is your longest rush on the season off the right tackle. That's crazy. But they couldn't run the ball all damn day versus Oklahoma. No, you're right about And that. we're supposed to go in there in a two-point conversion and go, let's do it. Let's put it all out there. I don't know if you do that because you're playing well. He, he I would, no, he, there was nothing to trust. Nope. How are you going to trust that? And then if he'd have done it everybody, and he'd have failed, everybody went, why'd you do that? Well, you're so hot. You sucked all game long. Y'all, you going to run it? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I understand what you're saying, but you, 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 you make moves like that when you're confident. My quarterback is dealing, or this is working. Let's go with this. This is our money play. The way the fourth quarter was going, it made sense to go to overtime. They, yeah, they didn't. They don't have any money plays. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have any uh, money players, really. Honestly, other than Sam. I'm just saying, if it were, if it were me at that point, my, my thinking, and I agree, <laughs> not good. going. I, I agree, get the game to overtime. But once it gets to overtime, I try to end it because, like we said, or I just said a minute ago, my thinking is, and I know Tom Herman and I don't think the same way, but my thinking is the way you play this game, you don't deserve to be here. You're lucky to be here. You've got to hear. Go in the game. If, Like I said, if you, if you lose, if you lose running behind Sam Cosme with the ball in Sam Ellinger's hands, then guess what? As an observer watching the game, I can live with that. That right. If you can't trust anything, if you can't trust your four-year starter at quarterback and your first-round pick at left tackle, then, 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 what are we even doing here? Haven't we complained about Tom Herman not trusting Sam Ellinger down the stretch in clutch in, in clutch time and trying to run the ball too often? So my my point is, we're complaining about stuff that we, like you said, we yeah. keep doing the same show over and over again. I'm tired of Groundhog Day. All mm-hmm. right, that's who Tom Herman is. He's that's who he is. Then let's take a couple minutes here. He coaches scared at times. Are, are we are we really talking about? And I, I wrote in my my uh, recap piece after the game. The last thing I have I usually do a biggest question going into the next game. 
is this the beginning of the end for Tom Herman? And to me, it sure as hell feels like it because I don't – Rod, you talk about what are you confident in? I have no confidence that this is going to get any better. You, somebody could some somebody off the street, somebody listening to this podcast, somebody reading our stuff on the site can tell me, oh yeah, they 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 can win out and go eight and two. They can finish seven and three they or could. whatever. Oh, they could. Yeah, I'd have no confidence that they can. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> well, and could. the big thing is, is as we know, if we're really t- making that talk, it's what the people at the top really feel like and how urgent it is and how good the candidate that's interested is. If anybody really big is interested, because replacing we'll have, somebody's we'll get, really we'll have to tough. get into this this week, because I think I, it's going to be an interesting week on that front. Trust me. We have me. another Thanksgiving like we did four years ago. Trust me. Well, no, it is. If the if the power, if the people that are making those decisions, and we know that's good, right? It's Texas. This goes beyond eighties and presidents making these decisions. Yes, it is. If there are enough people who want to get rid of Tom Herman, the money will be there to do so. This is true. You won't see it because the fans won't be able to show their disdain. They did. They did that with Makovic and Mac. They do that by not attending games they did it with Charlie stadiums too. and Charlie too. So they. That's why the COVID does buy him a little bit of time. Yeah. Because the fans won't be able to show. They have social media and they can hit up CDC. But you're right. The big money. The big money's already talking to CDC. The big well, money. The big money starts having those conversations way before. Yeah. We start hearing and the about big money. I can tell you, this there, guy, there, this is big money's guy. Big money, yeah. There is, exactly. there is it's no big money's guy. You're right. You're right. There it's is no situation to be in. It's there true. is no if. I get the 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 24 or so uh, within the 24 hours or so after that game ended, Chris Del Conte and Jay Hartzell are both getting phone calls. Now, what they do with that information and that feedback, that's a different conversation. But yes, there are, there are plenty of people that matter who are not happy with the way things are going right now. And the eyes of Texas situation is not helping them. I like the way you frame that. It's not helping. I don't think it's the reason. And I think if no, the, the, the on field product was better, if they were 4 0, it would still be an issue for some, but it wouldn't be this wouldn't just care. divisive. If you, if you were 3 and 1, people wouldn't care. Well, and if the guy that everyone oh, wants wasn't doing your halftime show, then care. that would also yeah. wouldn't be there, too. I think if you were winning, people wouldn't care. I really don't. I think people, oh, yeah, winning, they people wouldn't. They care. wouldn't care. They, at all. Some people they complain about the it, but first now, couple weeks. yeah, now it is. Now it's symbolic of that one how, still frame you talked about. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it, there. Now it's, it's, by itself. it's symbolic of all the other issues you got going on, the splintered locker room, and all these things. But remember, and I and I, I probably damn near cried when I when I was yelling and screaming before uh, the season started. This is Tom Herman's fault. Because remember, I said whatever you do, you better be united. I don't give a damn what it is. I don't give a damn if y'all all in the locker room. I don't give a damn if y'all all stay out there. But make sure y'all do it with unanimity because if you do not. Can we talk about this exact scenario playing out? I, I think I ranted about it for like like 20 straight minutes. I said, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be a freaking nightmare. And now it looks like a high school field right? with Sam by himself exactly. in the cotton ball. I said, man, just make sure if the guys who don't want to don't want to uh, stand for the eyes of Texas say, man, let's kneel in protest like Colin Kaepernick. And then your brother who wants to stand, he will stand next to you, his hand on your shoulder. We will be united. We will protest it if it's a racist song because we don't care about that. We care about each other. But for those who want to uh, pay homage to it and want to honor it, we're going to do that too. We're going to do it together though. We're going to be in a locker room where people can d- disagree politically and people can disagree um, you know, from a ideological perspective and yet still have a civil conversation, still get along, and still be united uh, toward the same goal. Show that. And they didn't want to show that. Now it's coming back to bite you. And now it's a bigger issue than it needed to be. All because you didn't want to be – you wanted to ignore it? You want to just act like, oh, well – so they didn't, they didn't have a plan for it. Remember what I said? I said just have a plan. Well, I literally yelled it. Just have a plan. 
He didn't have a plan. This man does not have a plan <laughs> for the eyes of Texas. The man that looks at urine does not have a plan. He looks at the color of his player's urine. Report it. And yet, it records it and does <laughs> and not you have it. a plan to deal with the eyes of Texas. This is the problem, Tom Herman. This is the problem. You, you pay attention to things that don't matter, but the details – that do matter seem to slip right through the cracks. Back to the field, special the teams. urine. Special teams, <laughs> special teams, which is all about details. I, I don't know if I saw a Charlie Strong team that was this bad on special teams. You just hired a new one. You just hired a guy. You just dropped 700 large on the special teams coordinator. And not only that, Jeff, not only that, nah. Even Jay Boomer said, he sits in the meetings with me. He's in the meetings now. Remember, he couldn't be in the meetings before because he was focusing on offense. That's why everything was so bad because everything went to crap because I had to focus on offense and fix the offense. But now that I hired new, my, not new coaches, oh, I can I can focus on the details, guys. I can get in every meeting room. By the way, Tom He's, Herman coaches the punt team. Yeah. He's been in the meetings, guys. He's in the meetings in special teams, and there's worse than they were. What does that tell you? <laughs> what does that? This man now is in every meeting. He gets to go to the meetings now because he didn't do that before. And yet, your position groups are worse since you've been attending the meetings. We don't Guys, need to, <laughs> we don't we don't no, need we to come out. We don't we don't need to come out and say it, boys. We we've seen we've been around here <laughs> through two of these already. We need Charlie Strong as an OU analyst. He oh knew, he knew that it was a bizarre world. He knew the we, Texas OU game. Hey, the cake is baked. Get out of here. The cake was baked, Tom. That cake has salmonella. <laughs> I got we, diarrhea. We, we've, been, we've been down this road, guys. We've been down this road. We know where this road goes. None of us needs to come out and say it. Unless Tom Herman just – unless this team just gets unsloppy and gets disciplined real quick, we, we know where this ends. Yeah, because like I said, I you, ain't, come out and say you ain't played the best in the Big 12 yet. No. You, <laughs> you still got to go to Manhattan. <laughs> you you still got to go to Stillwater. Right? That one's in December. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so cold. That's, yeah. that's so brutal. Yeah. So, like you played there in November or something. Oh, in God, it's brutal then. Buckle up. Yeah. Buckle up. We're going to talk more about this next week. And yeah. you know what? We're just, we're just going to see what the hell happens in the next few days because I got a feeling it's going to oh, be something's gonna happen. It's gonna be one of those weeks. It is. It's going to be. Oh, that Tom Herman press conference any is going to I was about to say, any chance we find something out in two hours? Uh, I don't think anything. I no. Don't think anything Nothing big. Not, not uh, whenever you told me, and it's all hands on deck, the post Manny Diaz day. That Monday was actually the next oh. Monday, and there were firings. <laughs> yeah. It ain't, it, ain't, it ain't that bad just yet. Yeah. But that's what I this podcast that. has survived. Guys, is am those... I wrong? I mean, we've, we've no, been down this road before. It feels before. like that. It's starting to feel that way. If I the... remember this feeling. And I remember with the three other regimes. This, I remember this it. feels like this feels like the Monday coming off of Provo and the Monday coming off of that three block an extra point loss in Stillwater. Yeah, where the <laughs> the writing feels like it's on the wall because the fans have lost trust. But the, real quick, and I know I got to go record it. I no, gotta I do a live show in the other room. <laughs> we can do a three that, hours. That's on this that's day. the that's the one thing Tom Herman doesn't have that Mac and Charlie had. Like Mac had the fact that you you won a national championship. You've been here a long time. Like you you built this thing like you you've got clout with some people who yeah. matter and everybody liked charlie even if people thought he was a bad coach that's true everybody liked everybody charlie. Loved charlie that's the one thing when people that's don't true. like you everybody liked charlie rod i'm just gonna come out and say it i haven't said it on the show i can't tell you that many people that like tom herman oh the well, fans i yeah. talk to boosters donors former players 
Who you got Deshaun Elliott and Charles Abenimo on a Saturday? <laughs> yeah, I, I know that is basically crazy. Go, doing. Yeah. I told you so. Tweets. I know. God. Which also we could do. A, we could do another podcast just on that alone. But no, you're right. You're right. I I, I hate to say There's, it, but there is no there is nobody that I can think of off the top of my head that is going to stand on it. And just in terms of the court of public opinion, that's going to stand on the table for Tom Herman. No, I mean we knew that after he mocked Drew Locke in the. Texas, but I don't think I don't think there's anybody in the media like Mac had people. Mac had people in the media that that he had curried favor with that were there for him. And yeah. honestly, as a media core, we could have been way rougher on Charlie than we were. Yeah, but I like Charlie. The one-on-one talks I had with Charlie, I liked him genuinely as a guy and as Char- a man. Char- what killed Charlie was Charlie never hung out with the boosters and the donors. He never got close to him because he wanted to focus on ball, which is fine if you're winning. But when you don't, you need those boosters and donors. And from I hear about Tom Herman. He's not a big, you know, schmooze with the boosters and the donors either. I bet. So not. I don't know if he's got that those relationships, those ties that Mac did. Because Mac, did Mac just have boosters and donors at practice hanging out? Yep. He'd bring them up for the team, the team talk. All right, guys. Hey, this is this is history lesson. He's awesome. He got to build the name down to him on the forty eight. You got to get to know this man. You want to work for him one day? We got to <laughs> wrap it up. This will this will carry us this will carry us in the next week's show, <laughs> in a different way than Charlie Strong. Same thing applies, Rod. It feels like this job is too big for Tom Herman in different ways than it did for Charlie. But there are certain aspects where it feels like this job is too big for Tom Herman. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to end it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049, 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app at the where you can hear Rod be on the triple option each and every weekday from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. You can also catch myself with Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives, classic shows, and interviews. Everything is available on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to search for Horn's 24-7 podcast to get this show each and every week. Everywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search Horns 24-7 podcast to get us, State of Recruiting, and the flagship. And don't forget to like us and leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.